But look, man, you could be smart or you could be wise. The choice is yours. Being wise is a lot faster to success. A lot, you know, you want a happier life, right? Be wise. How do you be wise? Well, you learn from other people's mistakes. Exactly. Right? How do you be smart? Hey, son, if your life path says that you need to go the hard way and you need to go experience it for yourself, you're going to be smart. But that's going to probably take you 20, 30, 40 years. Right. You know, either way, you're going to learn. Yeah. Which one's easy for you, son? Which one's easy for you, baby? My, ba- my baby girl. Welcome to the Bliss Seekers Podcast. This podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every single major platform. Check us out in the description. We have links to all that. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all that stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the show. My best friend, who is my cousin-in-law, his name's Javier. Uh, he's a very successful young man, by the way. And he's your age, actually. actually. Okay. Yeah, he's your age. Um, but he busted his he busted his ass to be where he's at right now. Like, of course. Worked really hard to be where he's at. Um, and I, I remember the kind of traumatic events that he'd went, he'd gone through. Um, uh, so he, he's one of my best friends, actually the best friend that I have right now. And you know, he, we, he doesn't like bringing it up because we used to gain, we used yeah. to get punch ups, me and him. Really? Oh yeah. Oh wow. But then he lived with us for a little while. I got to know, he got to know the real me, I guess. I got to know him yeah. and, uh, to this day we're best friends. Right. But, but they say like, if you fight somebody and it's mm-hmm. like, it's like not like real bad, like you guys kind of become like best friends after i guess so is that true yeah. like after a punch-up you're like hey, hey buddy, come on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if know? he was here man it'd be such a blast to talk to because yeah. because we, we have so, we have stupid stories of what we did back then but we're, we're we're really dumb you know in our early 20s um who isn't dumb? <laughs> 20s, right? yeah yeah so long story short you know um we got married in uh, we got married in 99 and uh we bought our house in 2000. We had our baby. Wow. My oldest, my oldest uh, son, uh, who's now, you know, he born in the year 2000. There you go. Y2K. Y2K, yeah, yeah. the world was going to end, right? <laughs> I want to touch on that real quick because um, the day my son was born, and, the, you know, I'm, I'm barely, um, I think I'm 26 or 27 years old. I, yeah, I'm 27. When he was born, the day I held him in my hand, I, you gotta, you're not a daddy yet, okay? Yeah. But I'm telling you, man, the day you hold your son or your daughter in your hand, you're like this pure, innocent, beautiful, angelic um, being yeah. is now your responsibility. And uh, this is what came over me, how filthy and disgusting and vile the world was. Wow. That hit me the day I held him in my hands. Yeah. You gotta understand this too. 9-11 hadn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. 9-11 was next year. Wow. So, you know, when I held him in my hands, the, this thing came over me like almost a instinct of like, I, and this is what I said to myself, I, like, I can't just teach these kids to survive because homeless people survive. Right. I need to teach these kids how to thrive. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really have much instruction from my parents. Yeah. They're blue collar, they're industrial. They they're, they're, you know, they're, they were surviving in, in their way and, uh, you know, with their... Um, upbringing their station in life and their understanding of the world right um there's a book that actually describes uh, this phenomenon called the outlier effect uh, by malcolm gladwell i think it's called outliers okay um and it's the story of success from generation to generation 
so when I read that book, everything I've embodied to be as a dad, as a as a as a as a father, as a husband, was was revealed itself in that book. I was like, this is exactly what I have to do. I'm not an outlier, but my son will be. Right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like to 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 teach a kid to thrive, it means that maybe you have to sacrifice where you're at in life, and be the foundation, and lay the foundation and and, and the framework. Um, to allow your child, your baby, to have a better way, a better, a, more of a thriving, successful life. Um, you know, they say that 10,000 hours or 10 years it takes to be a master of something, right? Well, remember in the early 2000s, I'm transitioning from being a sheet metal worker fabricator into the tech world. The tech world disappears from me in the year 2003. That's all gone, you know, all the yeah. recessions, the layoffs and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, as a, as a daddy and as a, as a husband, as a homeowner, as a person wow. that has all this on his shoulders, like you're now 30 years old. Yeah. Now what the freak do you do? You know yeah. what I mean? And, and now you're in survival mode and you're kind of like looking at your parents and thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I'm gonna probably live like my dad and mom do, you know, struggling yeah. paycheck to paycheck. The fear came over me and I was like, now what do I do? And I noticed that in the tech industry, it was changing so fast. Right. And then you needed credentials and certifications that was evolving every six months and it was expensive to get into. And I was like, this is very dead end, you know, and I got I to gotta change. I think when I when that layoff happened in, in the year, when the dot-com implosion happened. So that was 2003 now. So 2003. we're talking another decade, right? We're talking another decade. Yeah, remember, my son's born in 2000. 9-11 happened in 2001. Yeah. My daughter's born in, in 2001, right? Oh, wow. And so she's an infant. Okay. Man, you guys are wasting no time. <laughs> <laughs> back to back. They call them uh, Irish twins. They I go think back to back. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it came to me when uh, I think we come back from Disneyland, my wife and I, and uh, we're, we're driving back. And I think at that time, in my thoughts, I never, I never spoke it out loud, but in my thoughts, I was like coming up through, um, as we're coming into the Bay Area, I look up into the hills and I see the houses that people live in you know, on the hills, you can see the lights coming from there, from their houses. And I was like, you know what? Those guys up there, they don't have jobs. Mm -hmm. Everyone down here does. You know, I think mm -hmm. we're coming up 680 at that yeah. time on the freeway. And so, you know, you kind of, you can kind of see the, the the rest of the valley, but then you look up into the hills, you can see Milpitas Hills, all the houses are there. And I was like, those guys don't, up there don't have jobs. They have businesses. And these guys down there work for those guys up there. I want to be where those guys are at. I I'd actually had a chance to go up into the hills one time, and there was a there was a guy that was pursuing my wife. Uh, <laughs> but he, we weren't married at the time; we were dating. Okay. And he he was a contractor, business guy, and his 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 bedroom man was bigger than my house. That's how rich <laughs> this guy was. He wow. had his initials on the driveway and in the carpet of his house. Oh, That's how wow. loaded this guy was, right? Um, but I got a chance to you know walk on heated floors. Wow. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I'd never yeah. seen anything like that before. I got to see a view. A, a new level of, mm -hmm. of success and luxury. Yeah, I got to see a view from the kitchen, the, doing the dishes. I'm like, you do the dishes, you can see this beautiful view of the Bay Area. Oh my God, man. It's kind of like when you first went to your friend's house. Exactly. Back in North Northampton. Right? Yeah, exactly. Little signs like that. I was like, I want to live like this, man. So what does it take? So I'd ask questions. I talk to people. And it turns out it's business, you know? And I was like, okay, I need to be a business person. You know, so that's where what the do entrepreneurial I do? spirit. Yeah, what do guiding. I do? Exactly. No guidance. Remember, internet, no Google. No, none of that stuff was around yeah. at that time. Mm -hmm. I read this book by Robert Kiyosaki. I don't know how I got it, by the way, but it was uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And the when universe. I took this out, it was the only, it was the first time I ever read a book from cover to cover. First wow. time ever. 
I'd never read a book like that before. Wow. And and I couldn't put it down. I was like, I was just so excited. Mm-hmm. I was like, I found it. But yeah. you know, Robert Kiyosaki's book just gives you that. It doesn't give you the exact instructions yeah, of what to it do. Just, it just gives you the concept. Excited, right, yeah. You're like, oh my God, there's a, there's a different way of living and we live it. But, you know, this whole time, you have to understand, I'm 30 years old now and we've been indoctrinated and ingrained in this employee mentality. Mm-hmm. You and I what that. You and I know what that of means. Of course, yeah. Okay. But um, at that time, we don't even know what that indoctrination grooming is that's happening to us. Subordinate, being a subordinate, meaning you're... Uh, you're under supervision. You have to report to the supervisor. You know, you you'd only start working when the supervisor walk, walks past you, and when he walks, when he goes to his office, and you can't relax. You, you, right. you know what I mean? That kind of. But modern day slavery. Exactly. But I noticed that every job I'd work for, outsource, down uh, downsize, laid off. Every company from the UK, Airflow Streamlines. Mm. To what happened to Mervyn's, remember? They closed down, oh, yeah. got burned out by Target. And that wiped my mom's retirement account out, by the way, in 2008. Wow. Um, every company, I was like, there's no... And I remember being 30 years old, I was like, there's no such thing as job security. I can't hinge my life on a job. I can't freaking sit there filling out a stupid application form, a, a, a resume that I'm custom tailoring to the job that I have no idea how to get the message across. You, you know, it's, you, you're in the blind, yeah. right? And then you have to do a custom cover letter and you send it. But you spend hours crafting this, what you think is masterpiece, right? right. And no response. It goes into the internet yeah, black hole yeah. and you get nothing. And so you're prospecting for jobs. Right. Constantly, see the concept of prospecting. Basically begging. Yeah. And, and nothing comes back and then uh, and you could you could sit there hours man banging out resumes banging out um, cover letters and looking for jobs and you and you you know and i was like this is not the way man mm-hmm. there's got to be a better way this sucks that's yeah. pretty that's pretty cool though that you wh- whether you realize it or not you learn those those things at a very young age actually in life like you started to learn that in your 30s um, I know you might have felt a lot older cuz you were already a married man with two kids mm-hmm. but that's pretty young to learn about you know what? I need to be a business owner. Yep. You know what? Those people up there have the businesses. They don't have the the jobs. So you actually learn that. You learn that at a very young age in the whole aspect of life. But I can see where you kind of felt a lot older because you were a grown man, like with your life. You had a grown ass man's life at a very young age. Young in today's terms, right? In today's right. terms, right? Back, yeah. back then, it's kind of normal. We got you got to understand what drives me, right? I'm a daddy. You know, yeah. remember the my little boy when when he was in my hands, I felt the world was quite a filthy place, you know, and um and, and very cutthroat. I wanted this kid to thrive, right? Right. And then at the same time now I'm daddy number two to my daughter Amaris, you know, and uh nine eleven had happened, the world is freaking you know, going into turmoil. There's wars, you know. Um man, it was cr- it was crazy times, man. You know, and, and, and we we me and Christina, we, we didn't want to just again um end up back where we came from which was being poor we were doing quite well i mean we're the first ones in our circle we're the first ones to own a home man right you know we're the first ones to do it out of our circle of friends right um and we didn't want to go backwards you know what i mean and i felt a lot of my co-workers that i work with they kind of went backwards it's crazy i've been talking to some people recently man and, and and they've either gone backwards or maintained where they're at Right. Uh, one of my friends that I work closely with, uh, 
he sold his house in Hayward. He, he lived in the Hayward Hills, sold his house in the Hayward. This is John's son when they transitioned and they outsourced their jobs and went to Beaverton, Oregon. And he quit. Uh, so he, he sold his house in the Bay Area, moved to Oregon, Beaverton, mm-hmm. right? Tra- transferred his whole family over there. Wow. Lost his job there. Comes back to California, but now he can't, now can't, afford, can't afford to live over here. So his wife stays in Stockton, right? And he lives in a bedroom over here in, uh, that he's renting from one of his friends. And that's now. That's now. My he works God. at some shit old company over here in the Bay Area, right? So yeah. doing some piece of shit job, right? Yeah. And, and God bless him, man. Somebody he, has to do that, he's right? He's doing what he has to do. But it's it, me and him, you know, his son's same age as my, my oldest as well. But I'm like, man, what a crazy sacrifice. You, The way you live your life, you can die just like that. Yeah. I'm very present to death, by the way. Like I, I think about it almost daily. It's, it's, and I was, I was listening to Dr. Miles Monroe talk about that. It, you know, He talks about if you're present to death, there's something that drives you to leave a legacy, something along those lines. I, I won't talk about it right now. But It was probably because you know that time is limited and you're not wasting time. Exactly. Probably along those lines. Yeah. I don't know. But... but you know, going back to my boy and my daughter, and now my my my, my son's born in two thousand six, right? Um, guess what happens in two thousand nine? But the the next uh, crash, right? Mm-hmm. That was one that affected me, okay, big time, right? So for me, it was back to back. Yeah. So it was so like you went through two of them, two of them in one Not decade. Even a decade. It was like within a decade. You know yeah. what they call that decade? The lost decade. The lost decade. Yeah. Yeah. So people in my generation, Generation X never gained any ground my generation or, or it, and, and it was a very slippery decade yeah. basically and it's seven o'clock in the morning man my wife's been ringing me where you at where you at and i was just shattered man wow. i got home and she's off to work now she's races off to work and remember i've slept in the car from i didn't have any good i mean three to seven was, yeah not even, hours. not even that man i'm just it was rough yeah and then i get home Kids are awake. They're awake at six, seven o'clock. <laughs> they're in the morning, they're energetic. They're energetic. They're fire. But me, I felt like so. I felt like a, such a shit dad. You know, like because I had no energy. I couldn't play with them. I couldn't do anything with them, man. And just, I wanted to sleep, and I couldn't. They're awake, so I'm very dysfunctional. Um, childcare. This really pissed me off. My buddy, at that time, who was my friend today, I uh, wouldn't call him a friend at all. But at that time, he was a business owner. And he had Kidango, which is um, a child care facility. Okay. And it was paid for by the government. But he's a business owner. Right. Right? So he I couldn't afford it. Right. Yeah, I couldn't afford it, man. Yeah. I, I, and I was like, how are you doing that? He didn't tell me the secrets. He didn't tell me how he did it. All right? But I couldn't afford what they were paying for Kidango. I was no freaking way. I was like, there's no point in, 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 in having two jobs. And we needed two jobs. Uh, you know, obviously me and my wife working together and to kind of pay for the mortgage and our lifestyle. I mean, we weren't, we weren't spending money. We, we didn't do anything extra or extravagant. Right. We just, we're just trying to survive, right? right? Yeah. And, you know, what I would have to do is just try and stay awake. And this, this went on for about four years while I was working at, working at Sun, you know, three, four years, whatever. The commute from Livermore to, to, um, to Newark over here next to Fremont. And I, and I would drive and I wouldn't quite make it all the way. So there's a place called Niles Canyon that is, that's between Fremont and, and 680. Yeah, I think I'd, I've driven on that. And I'd park the car underneath the tree, take a quick nap because I right. couldn't drive any further. Kids would be awake. They're in their car seats, you know. And, and then I'd drop them off either at my mother-in-law's place, my mom's place, or my auntie's place. Wow. You know. And then my wife would get off of work from Walnut Creek 
and drive all the way to Union City to pick up the kids or my mom's or my auntie's place to pick up the kids. And many times she'd spend the night wow. at, at her mom's place in Union City. Many times. Yeah. Then I'd get off my shift. I'd be home and there'd be no kids there, no wife there. So you're just on by yourself. Freaking pissed me off, man. I was like, this is not the way to live life, man. You came here for the American dream and you the, found yourself in an American nightmare. Nightmare, man. And so, you know, those 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 experiences in life, they leave a mark on you, right? You're like, okay, we can't repeat this. We've got to change. We've got to do something different. So the layoff that I had, you know, and it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Some people like look for security and I think being an employee might have person at the time. I was looking for security and wanted a good paycheck. I was making good money, man. And you had a family too. Yeah, I was making good money too. Yeah. We, you know, with overtime, we we're almost clearing 100 grand a year. You yeah, know, this was what year was this? 2000s, 2003s in between them. That so that's probably like double almost yeah. Yeah, with overtime and it's a and me and my wife together combined income around 140, 150 million. That was good income yeah. back then. Yeah. Um, on a W two, right? So <laughs> yeah. as employees, yeah. yeah. Wait, um, but that was two thousand. So the taxes were still pretty decent, I think. Yeah. No, we didn't understand taxes. We didn't understand how they okay. all worked, right? Um, but you, long, guys, you guys were doing okay. Yeah. Well, what I'm trying to get at was it, it was a pain point in my life that, and it bothered me a lot. I was like, okay, something has to change here. And 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 when we went looking for other jobs, uh, other things, same situation, you know. And I was like, this has to. We have to break this cycle. This sucks, man. You know. So you guys were making good money, but your life was a mess because of the commutes. Commutes and, all that and uh, yeah, and it was just it sucked. Um, and and this is like everyone's life over here right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to some point uh, yeah. a little bit later on. Like I'm I'm seeing how people live, and I, and it freaking blows me away how how yeah. people do that. Um, but guess what's happening? You you're not raising the kids, somebody else's. Yeah. And and and, and you 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 have very little influence on them mm -hmm. because how much energy do you have left over at the end of, end of your shift right. for no. your family? <laughs> Nothing. Very little. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and so who's who's bringing the kids up? Your, television yeah. your family your, your mother uh, grandma aunties and their habits and their routines and yeah. their and their and their teaching and their methodology and all that kind of stuff I, have you seen that movie with jim carrey fun with dick and jane i have you have to remind me so, so it's where it's the whole uh enron thing and he works for the company oh, that's right that's right i remember that and this child's being raised by the mexican nanny and the child speaks <laughs> spanish <laughs> <laughs> and watches telemundo <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of happening to us man. you know and uh it was cool because my kids would speak punjabi they were they were speaking and then when they were little they'd be able to speak punjabi oh that's cool so it was kind of cool so a little little, little positive bit. came out of mm -hmm. it but man you know as a daddy you know as a husband as a you know as a as a as, as a, a male you know family man mm -hmm, family man some you, daddies don't give a crap right and that's weird to me you know yeah i don't know i hear a lot of stories to this day and i met a young guy today um actually i met a young guy uh, a couple of weeks ago i hung out with him earlier today his name's uh, matthew this kid's a badass dude he's 24 years old man um and and i just want to kind of steer him a little bit i want to talk a little bit about that like what drives me uh to help this young man out he is such a freaking hardworking kid 24 years old i remember being his age mm -hmm. you know what i mean so you kind of see a little bit I of see you i see i see this ma huge potential in this young man um, and, and just got to give him a little bit of direction, a little bit of like support. He could become somebody yeah. huge. I'm just telling you. But I think through the suffering and through the hardship, those points shape 
who you end up becoming, who, who you end up wanting to 100%, become. 100%, yeah. And so that's what we went through. And If your life was easy, yeah. uh, that's not a good thing. So, so excuse me, so those recessions or those dark moments, because those early years were very dark for me. And I said, you know what? There's got to be a there's got to be a better way. And, and and I said, we've got to be entrepreneurs. How do you do that, man? Mm-hmm. No one in my family is an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. It makes it even tougher because you have zero examples. Zero examples, man. Yeah. And if I did have examples around me, they wouldn't share. They wouldn't tell you. They would keep and it that's secret. That's weird, you know, because yeah. you know what I've learned recently from entrepreneurship is that you're supposed to pay it forward. Absolutely. That's the abundance mentality, right? Yeah, absolutely. That and that's that's my way of thinking and doing things you know mm-hmm. and um but you know at, at 30 i was like man we got to go do something bigger and better um, and uh, my wife allowed me to go pursue entrepreneurship we tried a few things you know that's and, important though because <clears throat> if you don't have a, a spouse that supports you yep. you're pretty much dead in the water yeah can i talk a little about i want to talk a little bit about like our our whole you know going from employee to being a business owner going from like understanding nothing about money to, to totally understanding how money works and such. I want to talk a little bit about that because when we bought our house together, my wife and I, we bought our house together for the first, this is our first house together, right? My, I think it'd be my third property. What year was this? 2000. Okay. Uh, yeah, 2000. So right before the bubble burst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. This is two, November 2000. Oh, that reminded me. Sun stock, $174 a share at the beginning of the year. I sold my Sun stock. At the beginning of the year? At the beginning of the year. Wow. <laughs> at the end of the year, it was $4 a share. Oh, my One of the dudes God. that I worked with at Sun had killed himself. That's what I was going to say. That that would cost somebody to basically kill themselves. He did kill himself. He he was, uh, I think it was in his 60s, late 60s. Uh, all of his money was inside of what's called oh a 401k. Oh, my God. Late, yeah. I mean, and um, he, he'd been completely wiped out. Uh, he did himself in. It's like yeah. that saying. Like they, they interview people now. The biggest fear was death. Now the biggest fear is running out of money because yeah. they'd rather be dead than old with no money absolutely how do we know that it was related to the money because we, we just through the rumor you know people talking and stuff like that i guess his wife had shared um some of the concerns so he was married yeah of course he was man he's married wow. he's a grandfather all that stuff and this he, guy he is an indian dude yeah took his life yeah indian guy my gosh um, that's and, crazy. and he did himself in yeah wiped out man completely i i sold my stock only to get a down payment on the house that we were buying Jeez. i didn't know what i was doing yeah you know and how I ended up buying the stock was some guy I work with at work. He told me, Raf, you know, you should be buying some stock. I said, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what is stock? stock? Yeah. yeah. Well, let me help you. And he helped me out. He was, uh, at that time, I'm 47 today. I think he was in his 40s as well. And he gave me guidance and he, and he showed me how to buy stock. And so back then, you had to make a phone call. started to get mentors. Yeah. Coworkers that were doing yeah. it, you know. Well, at least so, the right ones shoot you know yeah i mean to their to their i mean these are technicians these are engineers yeah. and and you know they're to their to their uh, limit of knowledge but they showed me uh this guy's name is don he goes raveling you got to pick up a phone you're going to make a phone call mm-hmm. and you're going to ask for the you know stockbroker he was right next to me you know and i made this phone call at work and i bought uh i think i bought two thousand uh, almost two thousand five hundred dollars worth of shares of sun microsystems sun right. w s u n and what did you buy it at I don't recall, okay. but it, I remember it going to $175 a share. I bought $2,500 worth of, sh- of stock. I remember going to, and I remember having an, uh, about almost, I don't remember exactly, but we withdrew mainly because I wanted to put a down payment on the house. And so what did that $2,500 investment grow to? I think it was like around seven something. 7000 7, 8000 okay. not much, yeah. So it almost tripled. Double, almost, yeah. 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 Um, 
and, and so you know my brother-in-law so, my so wait, brother that was your first experience with seeing your money basically triple yeah like, that quickly that right? quickly yeah wow back this is the tech the tech um dot com boom you i could, mean back you, then there was like millionaires overnight right? yeah 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 it's crazy man but i remember shaking and and nervous and i was talking to bank of america market maker you know the the stockbroker guy and he yeah. was the way he was speaking and his tonality and i was he was very condescending and uh different and, times and yeah. i got a, i got a stock certificate mailed to me man yeah you know you don't get that anything no. like that anymore right now it's weeble and robin hood yeah and you got like teenagers investing in the market absolutely it's i want to talk a bit about my teenagers too because yeah. uh you know i got my i got my young stud my boy yeah. uh, investing in the stock market but i remember um my wife and i get into arguments about money and finance and um she she could we had no furniture in the house that we moved into when we bought the house together no furniture wow. man no sofas no beds no nothing no knives forks spoons nothing. went back to where when you guys were in that house back in 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 london exactly when, when your parents with no furniture no, no nothing, nothing. So it kind of replicated. So I'm seeing this yeah. kind of like repeating itself. The subconscious yeah. programming. That, that was good. that was kind of oh my god. I'm kind of like living, living. But my wife said, "Let's put it on the credit card." I said, "It's fine to put it on the credit card as long as you can pay it off." She goes, "No, we make the minimum payment." I said, "This doesn't work that way." What am I referencing? I'm referencing my parents. They used credit cards and they paid credit cards with other credit cards. They were in debt. They were struggling. They were they were they were they were they were struggling, man. Yeah. So I said, we don't want to repeat the past. So we were arguing and we went to Money uh, Blueprints. We went to Ameriprise Financial Advisors. My wife and I did. All right. Yeah. They uh, I think they charged us a fee for the initial Obviously, counseling. You know, us both being in WFG, we yeah. kind of laugh at that now. Yeah, like, dude. Yeah. This guy's young kid, you know, bachelor's degree and um and, and you know the way he presented, I thought this guy, money guy, wow, yeah, you know, like high identity, yeah. you know, whoa. And then, uh, and I didn't like the fee structure. I was like, this is expensive, man. Right. You know, I asked him a question, and he answered the question, and that was like, should we pay our credit cards off every month, or should we pay the minimum payment? And he goes, no, pay the credit card every every month, and uh, don't carry debt because the debt will be very expensive to you guys. So he he basically explained to my wife a little bit about how credit cards worked. Well, that, that was actually a good thing. That was right? a good thing, yeah. Because it took away the fighting. Yeah, but we ended up like obviously not working. With it. But check this out too: when we got our house together, my wife and I, they based the they based the interest rate on my wife's credit score, not on me. I had a seven hundred something FICO, you know, credit score. My wife's in the four hundred, and we found out how why that was. There was a collections on my wife from a car accident that she'd got into, and she was they were rear-ended, and so the hospital. Yeah hospital charged a, a bill and my wife didn't see that bill and, and that, they put yeah. it through collections why did they use hers instead of yours because we're married and they said well you know i think it's a scam man the mortgage that people scam like us. yeah but we don't know we don't know yeah. anything about money and mortgages and finances the lack of financial education no financial course. education right so our interest rate at that time was nine percent and that bonkers when my father bought this house that we're in right now right it was 1989 dollars, ten percent and like, I think him and my mom combined made about sixty grand. Wow! And then my father just had the vision that he wanted to be in the good area. This house is now one point seven million. Wow! But yeah. three hundred thousand ten percent. So the pain was three thousand a month. It was expensive, man. Yeah, that most of our income was going towards. That's, that's what the rates were back then, weren't they? They're they're around a five, six, seven percent range. Oh, what year was this? 2000 yeah so this was 89 so this was about mm -hmm. 11 years before that. Yeah. yeah so yeah man i mean uh just those little events like i was like watching these guys with big rings bmw 7 series 
you know, just big fat suits and just like two thousand. Yeah, these money people. Yeah, it was they look. They, people, yeah. I mean, even the real estate guy that sold us the house, like, he just looked. You know, my ambition at the time was to get a Volkswagen GTI. You know, yeah. I mean, I want. And I look back to. I looked at my goals back then. I was like, I, you know, I was like shocked at how small they were. Right, yeah. a density. Yeah, like, of you know. Yeah. So you know, these guys that drove those kind of fancy cars and knew a bit about money and such, and then us going through that situation ourselves i was like you know what this really pisses me off about how other people know about money and that guy killing himself at work you know how how that all came about just all these experiences in life i said you know what i want to understand how the stock market thing works you know and i took my severance money uh that i had and i invested in some stock trading course um back then so you invested in yourself Remember, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I've right. seen a lot of people making money on stocks, right? Yeah. So I was like, shoot, we'll, we'll do that. I paid about, I think we paid 18000 I think, back then for the stock trading course. $18,000? 18, mm-hmm. Wow. I think so. And, and you people know, complain about a $100 investment for a business. I know, right? That's crazy. <laughs> but I, I learned how to do what's called options trading, right? Okay. And uh, trading derivatives. It was awesome. I was making yeah. money. I was making money and, yeah. and uh, I doubled go, my... Though, right? um, I took uh, thirty thousand something like that. It went to sixty-eight thousand. You know, mm. within a very short period of time. So you got your investment back, and that's I did, it. yeah. And then I blew it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay because you didn't have that. You didn't have the identity yet to hold yeah, on to that, right? Dude, I, I can go back in time, man. Um, but you know, I'd make some. I'd lose a bunch. I'd make some. Welcome so, to the stock market. Exactly right. right. And then I understood about I understood how real estate worked, and and I started learning all these things. I was self-taught, right? Right. I met. Um, my wife introduced me to a CPA. Her name is Evelyn Saunders. To this day, she's like uh, she's like my big sister, right? I love, her I husband, love Evelyn. Yeah, her husband. husband Rod is is uh, a good friend of mine. I, I and you remember I'm, some of the purest people I've ever met in my entire life. Absolutely. So check this out. I remember I'm modeling people's lives I, with great respect. I'm trying to model and shape my life and how we want to live as a family. Mm-hmm. I looked at their family as a benchmark. Yeah. You know, I was like oh my gosh, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to try and live like how they live and live to the standards that they do and the way they are as a couple and the way they raise their children. So I try to catch as much as I can, you know, coming from almost like, um, you know, I'm not saying that we, remember we did grow up in the ghetto, it was a rough part of, of Northampton. My dad's a factory worker, man, you know, and, and, and my mom's a factory worker and their identity is that. And, but I wanted to live at this level that yeah. they were living at. And so I copied them as I best I say, could. I want to say one thing about that because... Um, our, a parent's job and I know you have high standards for how you want to raise your kids but really a parent's job is just to teach us how to be a normal just how to get a, get ahead uh, survive in this world you know yeah. how to wipe our butt how to do stuff the rest is really up to us yes if you have good parents that come from money you'll get the right you'll, your life's a lot easier because you already get that blueprint you already get you got the doors open for you but really, our parents' jobs is just to make us be able to to be decent human beings in this world. The rest is up to us. Right. And so, um, you know, a lot of the subconscious stuff is what affects us. But but if you start to seek something greater, that's when the universe starts to bring it to you, right? Mm. You know, and that's where all these books started coming in your life. This one guy that says invest in stocks. The fact that you sold your stocks right before the bubble just burst and then put into real estate so i I think and i give you a lot of credit because 
um like i didn't grow up having to worry about getting beat up every single day just leaving the house you know and all that kind of stuff and i didn't grow up like just getting spat spit on because of, and by the way i'm mexican but i looked white growing up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i saw racism but everybody thought i was white okay so i didn't get it i it didn't happen to me it happened to my friends and I, at first i didn't believe it and then when i started seeing it i was like oh my god it's real yeah you know what i mean so i give you credit because you know um you know, my mom kind of comes from a similar thing. She grew up in the projects of El Paso, Texas. Oh, wow. And talking about like the whole Mexican versus African-American, that's what it was. It was like the Mexicans and African-Americans would just beat each other up all the time. So it was fear every day of wow. getting beat up by one or the other, right? But anyways, um, I just wanted to say that because, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, our parents can only do, they can only do what they can do. You know what I mean? We're only going to be able to do what we can do. And hopefully our job is to get our kids a little bit better than we were, right? Absolutely. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, but, you know, the rest is up to us, right? And I think that's kind of why we both fell into this organization that, you know, that we were part of the last 10 years. And, and it's just because we're seeking something better. Absolutely. And Evelyn's the one who introduced me. Yeah, I love Evelyn. Evelyn's yeah. amazing. Evelyn, how's it going? <laughs> I, I, I saw you and Rod. They just got beautiful. Where'd they move to? Dude, their house is sick. They're like, on, I'm like, have what you the seen heck? it? I saw the pictures. Oh my God bless them big time. Man. They deserve they protect it. But where'd they go? Yeah. Um, I know it's like Santa Southern Clarita. California. Somewhere around there. It's in Southern Cal. Southern okay, Cal. Santa Clarita. Okay, so yeah, they're, they're in the valley. They're in the valley. Yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely beautiful pristine in a spot i, mean, <laughs> I bet you that think house about was it. half the price of evelyn, the house over here yeah. yeah i mean evelyn worked really hard oh, so shit. did rod i mean yeah. evelyn and rod both worked really 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 hard and 100 um i mean check this out as a cpa you know she has other cpas that she works alongside with and every year a cpa dies around tax time yeah every year man stressful so you know we're, we're very blessed to have her as our cpa and and, and a dear friend of ours both Rod and Evelyn, but you know, their, their guidance, their, their, you know, us, they steered us into uh, world financial group, wealth WFG, which is just a platform. It's a yeah. name mm-hmm. to a concept. Right. Um, and, and us as human beings bring that platform to life. Right. Okay. Our personalities, our characters, our values are, are, you know, brought, uh, brought, uh, onto that platform and we can accelerate them mm-hmm. on that platform because everyone on that platform there wants to improve their life. Yeah. And, I, and I'll be honest with you because I have now have a different perspective of a different business because mm-hmm. obviously this business that I'm starting now. Yeah, yeah. I now have a, a, a much higher respect for the WFG system, right? And I'll say this on camera, right? Uh, I've invested almost $15,000 into this business. I haven't made a dime, right? Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for... I don't know, let's say three, four months now. Wow. Okay? Um, now I understand the power of having a mentor. Now I understand the low startup cost, a hundred freaking dollars to That's have right. the system all done for you. Uh, I understand the fact of like, you have people that have already done it. Like if I had Joe Rogan mm-hmm. as my freaking mentor, like I would be like light years ahead of where I am at right now. And I'm not worried about it. I, I mean, I, and we'll talk about Pinnacle and WFG and all that kind of stuff. But if you're part, if you're part of Pinnacle or WFG, just appreciate it because 
I now get it, mm-hmm. right? I've owned businesses before, but I was a real estate person. Yep. Real estate's not really a business. It's like self-employed, right? Like, yes. And especially when I got into it, it was like you didn't even have to have a license. It was the wild, wild west. Everybody was making money. This is the first real time I've taken on true entrepreneurship where I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have any mentors. I've invested over $10,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just winging it, and I'm, but I'm taking action. Right. I'm taking all the principles that I was taught and ingrained in me through Pinnacle and WFG, and I'm applying to this, and it's working. Absolutely. It's not easy, but now, now I understand the power of having successful mentors because, and it's crazy. I think the problem with WFG is that it's so easy that it's so low startup cost that nobody even takes it serious. No. Like, if you go through something like what I'm going through now and then you go into that, Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, piece of cake, let's go. You know what I mean? To relate to you in that, because we did do the vending machine thing, I invested, I think we put 25,000 into that, made nothing right you know the kids the kids had a blast because yeah. they, they'd line up and wait for their their cup they wanted hot chocolate man yeah you yeah. know that we we did it the the thing that i wish i could knew at that time was sales right i didn't know how to sell yeah. i didn't know how to close i didn't have any of that stuff even though i had machines remember that i thought machines just put them in in warehouses and in companies and they'll it'll pay you right you have to sell it man you still yeah. have to get it close and i didn't know how to sell right and and you got to remember that we're children of the 70s and 80s. Being a salesperson was a dirty word. You right. were you were a scum of the earth if you were a salesperson. If you were yeah. sales, ah, especially if you're Indian, especially if you're Asian. You're not an engineer, or a doctor, or a lawyer, or anything. You are, are, are you, you're crap. You know what I mean? I'm not marrying my daughter to you because you're beneath us. And here's the funny thing. Yeah. You're British yep. more than you are Indian, right? But you're labeled as Indian here. Absolutely. So yeah. you're put to that standard. Exactly. Even though you, you didn't grow up there, I wasn't born you have there, no, no idea really of what that culture is like because you're British. More than, yeah. That's like someone labeling me as Mexican. Right. When I didn't grow up there, I mean, I'm Mexican-American. I'm not right. saying I'm not proud to be Mexican, but like Mexican from Mexico. I would have no clue what that life is about. Absolutely. And and, and I've, only been, I've only been to India once, man. Yeah. Uh, when I was 12 years old and I loved it. I loved it so much. I can't wait to go. It's a beautiful, co- I mean, fun country, I would say. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely third world, definitely, but some parts of it are first world. Yeah. That's the funny thing about India. Like, Russell Peters, I was watching his new special, and he's in Bombay, I believe. And the state, the place he's at, everybody looks, it looks like you're in the Silicon Valley. Like, just young couples. Dude. Like, it's just awesome. When you're rich in India, you can get a car an Audi A8, for example, the interior would match your turban. Oh my god! The color. I want the, you know, they like that. Yeah, like that. Yeah. The wealthy are ultra wealthy over there. Yeah. The poor, you've never seen that level of poverty, man. Wow. I, I, it's indescribable level of poverty, you know, and <clears throat> it, it's it's terrible uh, to be in that state. Yeah, but mm, you know, to identify as Punjabi or as Indian or it's very difficult to have that label placed on me because even over here in, when I try to fit in, I don't quite fit in very well. Yeah. You know, I don't really, I don't, I, you know, I do want to fit in. So I do the best like chameleon act I can do. Right. Um, and even to be labeled as British 
a lot of people say, oh, you're not British, you know, and then they'll give me the history lesson on Britain and how Britain screwed India over <laughs> and took all the freaking gold and the Kohinu diamond from the Sikh <laughs> Raja. You know, and it's the truth, man. I mean, the, 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 queen, the queen has the Kohinu diamond, which belonged to our, our king. Right. Uh, and we have no kingdom because the British annihilated that. They took, they, there's, no, there's no kingdom for the Sikhs, right. you know. And, um, but, you know, what can you do, eh? You can't yeah. go back in time. <laughs> no, right? no. Uh, Always look forward. Like yeah, you, you got to recreate and rebuild and, and make your life awesome the best you can, right? And just be a positive contributor to the world and try to make the world a little bit more heaven-like, you know? And sometimes you have to go through hell to make that happen. Mm. Uh, and I, say, I don't say go through hell, I say grow through hell, you yeah. know? So that's my new way of going, growing through adversity, you know? And I don't know, I'm kind of rambling right now, but what I'm trying to get at is that basically all the little past life experiences that we've gone through and the fear that kind of grips your spirit and says you don't want to visit poverty ever again yeah so to to identify as um as british is 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 difficult too yeah right um to identify as punjabi is doesn't quite fit either you know i did marry out of my own um out of my own brand of folk right yeah. <laughs> uh, sounds you know, like you have an identity crisis here, yeah man. man but one thing i'm super excited about is that i did apply for my american citizenship oh that's exciting anybody can become an american yeah and you can then say you know what? i'm american man you know and so i'm excited about that yeah but the, i would say the the culture uh, and who i am as identity wise is is britain that shaped me it's also the culture of punjab and the punjabi culture that shaped me as well it's also the challenges that we've had uh, that have shaped who I am today, and and all, you know, being a daddy, you know, being a being a husband, you know, I want to stay married to my wife forever, right? She's awesome. That's awesome. She really is awesome, man. That's very very <clears throat> rare these days. toughest woman I've ever met, man. No one, I think, no other lady uh, with what you know we went through could hang could handle uh, what we what we've went through. I think that's for sure. tough, man. <laughs> She's definitely yeah. that lady. But, you know, to get to what I'm saying, I'm going to take all of this life experience that we've had. Let's just call it wisdom, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I tell my kids this every day. I was like, every day. I, probably, I think they're parent deaf, man. And what <laughs> the, word, the word parent deafness, we learned that from the WFG platform. Right. As, as mentors, as coaches, as, as, as leaders in business, we, we're teaching and instructing our uh, associates to get to another level and they get deaf to us and we yeah. now know the language. But I think my kids are deaf, as a parent deaf to us. So what I've always wanted to say, I've always said this to them, I said, look, man, you could be smart or you could be wise. Mm -hmm. The choice is yours. Being wise is a lot faster to success. Right. A lot, you know, you want a happier life, right? Uh -huh. Be wise. How do you be wise? Well, you learn from other people's mistakes. Exactly. All right. How do you be smart? Hey, son, if your life path says that you need to go the hard way and you need to go experience it for yourself, you're going to be smart. But that's going to probably take you 20, 30, 40 years. Right. You know, either way, you're going to learn. Yeah. Which one's easy for you, son? Which one's easy for you, baby? My, ba yeah. my baby girl, you know, wise or smart? And then, right. you know, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm not saying to be like, <clears throat> strict i'm not strict with them but i do want to guide them my uncle he's he's deceased um but i love the way he described it. he goes son he was very supportive of me and christina getting married this is my uncle my dad's uh, my dad's middle brother i loved him 
I adored this guy. Uh, I wish he was my dad, man. That's how badly I, I just adored him. But he said, um, son, when, you, when you're raising your children, you don't want to be too strict with them because then they'll come yeah, out. They'll rebel. Yep. But you don't want to be too loose with them because he give me this hand gesture. You could, otherwise, they'll, they'll yeah. slip through. The, you want to be like that. The way he described you want to raise your children like this. Yeah. I have that image in my mind and how I'm talking to my children, my baby boy, you know, 14 years old, my 20-year-old. And, and uh, I want them to explore life. I want them to go for adventures. But I also want, want them to learn from, hey, your daddy made this mistake. You know, and I've seen other people go through some mayhem and chaos like that. Look what they did. And, and avoid that. You know, avoid those associations, son, because you are who you hang out with. You know, and these are the lessons I want them to learn so that they can build a better life. And the book that I'm going to repeat again, Outliers. Okay. You know what's crazy, man? I already know a lot of the successful people in WFG, the top guys, they haven't read that book. We're talking about Ed Milet. I know Eric hasn't read it. God bless him. I know he hasn't. But that book shows how people have become successful. It's the story behind the success of people, the story behind the success behind success, what will make people successful. And you can see generations of generations create environments for this person to be super successful in their life. Right. It's not by magic. It's actually by design. Yeah. You know, so, and I, when I read that book, I, I put it down. I told my wife, Christina, we're not outliers. But we can, we can make ourselves outliers. Yeah. 10,000 hours or 10, uh, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then knowing that we have to sacrifice our lives for our children. Every parent does. Every, right. every parent that loves their children every does, right? Every good parent. Every yeah. good, yeah. Uh, but I mean, more so than that. I mean, more than that. I mean, like, if I passed away today, remember, I'm t- I told you, I'm very present to death. You know, yeah. I'm like, you know, we could be gone. I have peace of mind knowing that I've set everything up. I do have a dynasty trust. You know, I have life insurance policies. And I make sure that there's, there's over a million per, per child. Mm-hmm. Plus, I've hooked up my mom and my brother, mm-hmm. right? True legacy. Absolutely, brother. Let me tell you, my, my, my trust, the way it's designed as well. Yeah. Because I'm thinking generational, I'm thinking legacy. Mm-hmm. Not just money. Money's just a tool. But it's the, it's the education, it's the, it's the wisdom that we want to transfer to the next generation. Yeah. There's a quote that says, don't buy your kids the things you didn't have. Teach them the things you didn't know. Mm-hmm. And And... You know, it goes back to what we're supposed to do here on earth. Build it. Build heaven on earth. That's yeah. what our job is to do. And so that's what we're here for. So if yeah. my time gets pulled, if I get pulled uh, uh, to a different calling, you know, yeah. how God is, right? Yeah. He just yanks you out of play. And then, you know, the next generation has to take over. Yeah. And, and so I want my dreams to be able to come true. And what is that? Hey, work hard. Help people. Make the world around you better, okay? Serve the world around you use your money as a resource use your money as a tool be respectful of that resource learn from daddy's mistakes you know sometimes i did some dumb stuff you know with money uh, there's been many times where i've been dead broke you know and it freaking sucks man when that happens how depressing how reactionary you are in your mindset um how irresponsible you become when you're desperate mm-hmm. that I mean, these things happen when you don't have the financial resources around you. Um, when it comes to love and relationships, I'm already planting seeds in my boys' minds that on a very deep level, man, and this may not resonate with folks, but I say, hey, look, I'm already preparing my son for broken hearts. 
You should. You know. You know. I had to learn the hard way through experience. Yeah. But I wish. I mean, everything happens for a reason. But I just wish my parents would have been a little more open about certain oh, things. They didn't know. You know. Yeah. We know from our press, our experiences and things that we've learned and developed. Of course. Here's what's crazy: people think WFG is a financial insurance, life insurance company. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's a personal development company. It just so happens to uh, sell financial products so you can make some money. Of course. But it's a it pure, builds people. It builds people. Absolutely, it does. It takes people to another level. People's marriages would be better if they joined WFG. That's for sure. And, and they'd, they'd be married still. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people don't understand because they think it's like an MLM mm-hmm. or some pyramid thing, which is complete BS. It's a real business. It's a it's a genius system. And it's very genius. But it depends on how much you're willing to grow. Yep. And you have to be all in. It's like um, it's like a gym membership. A lot of people have gym memberships. How many people actually use a gym membership? Yeah. But they pay, for, you know what I mean? Not very many. No. Nah, and, and the people that use it get, get the most out of it, right? Of the people course. that are members of it, they may feel subconsciously that they have uh, an active membership. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, you go to the gym to work out and you're in an environment of people that are working out to improve yeah. their health. Mm-hmm. That's what WFG really is. That's what, that's what, especially with Pinnacle. I mean, we're a personal development company. Focuses on faith, family, finance fitness and fun mm-hmm. you know we do all those the 5f and and there's no other place where you can get people from different walks of life different cultures different languages to come together in one place with the pursuit of a better life mm-hmm. and you're learning now from doctors engineers scientists different cultures different languages different people and you're associating together and you're getting this these nuggets that you you would never otherwise get because the hierarchical system outside of wfg keeps you separated in layers that you know in subordinate layers almost uh, it also teaches you how to be an employee uh, I, I, you know i've been at tesla for i uh, just just observing what's going on at tesla i've been there um it it blew my mind uh, just talking to people interviewing people i know quite a few people now talking to them and uh there was, there was a point in my I think this last few, three, four months, I was like, oh man, you know what? This is, you know, I you know, started beating myself up a little bit. Like, oh, you know what? This whole thing that I'm doing right now, I actually maybe transition to something different. But then when I got there and I started interviewing and talking to people over there at Tesla, they're hungry for for this knowledge. They're like, and then, and then someone texted me back, man, keep doing what you're doing, man. People need this. People need what you have to have to offer. Yeah. And, and let me give you a quick example. There is a, there's millions of people, man, that are that are that are living lives of suffering in silence. Okay, they're commuting three hours each way to jobs that are working twelve-hour shifts, maybe maybe two hours, maybe three hours worth of sleep. They're away from their families and they're away from their babies. Marriages are broken, by the way. I talked to a few people that marriages have been tore up. Yeah. Um. And and and. For 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 a check, an income check, right? With no guarantees of that job being around because they're outsourcing or like you know, no, I see that happening, and yeah. people are getting older. Mm-hmm. These people are getting older, and then and, and uh, I I draw this line of um, lifeline. I have this thing that I drew out on the to show them. Hey, let me ask you a question. How old are you? What is a year? And then. I'll do 2030. How old will you be when you're 2030? Let's put the age above that year. I said, who else is in your family? Your kids? Let's put their ages at 2030. What do you think is going to happen to them when they hit that age? Where are you going to be? Where, where do you imagine yourself? 
these people have never seen that far into the future. Yeah. And it, it, it and when I do that to them, it either makes them cry or they're very upset because I've sent them looking into the future and it's bleak. Yeah, they're just in the rat race. Not even had. It's even bad, man. Like, it's bad out there. I'm telling you, it's really bad. And then you have, um, you know, I've seen the Tesla hierarchy. I've seen the, you know, the, the pyramid scheme of things, right? You know, from Elon uh, down to the supervisory levels and the management, uh, and uh, the way they keep people separated. It's 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 um it's very interesting. I was like, ah, uh, okay. I, I, you know, the supervisor that that's at the company right now and. He keeps his distance from the from the workers there. He doesn't really talk to them too much. He doesn't really interact with them. Uh, very arm's length, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And between him and his supervisor, I've never met that guy, you know. And I'm just talking to these people. I'm interviewing them all. And and to me, honest with you, man, it's it's very dead end. No future, no hope. Until I sat down in front of them and showed them there's a possible, there's a way, there's a way to to create a future for themselves. And it's the same thing I show my kids, man. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing I show my boys. I was like, listen. My my twenty year old right now, I forced him to, by the way, save about seventy five percent of his income. And I said, All you're gonna be doing is focusing on one stock. You're not trading stocks, you're gonna be investing. So he's twenty, man, and he's almost doubled his money this this just this year. Same thing with my daughter. Mm-hmm. My daughter. The goal of my kids is to have them now work together as a family wow. and buy their first asset, which will be uh, real estate within the next yeah. year or so. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and so no other parents really doing that. As, as I am, you know, I'm making them do things that uh, other parents aren't doing. Yeah. You know, we're making them invest, you know, and so. That'll be smart because they'll be able to sell that in the future and each buy their own home from that one. This is the goal, man. I'll tell you yeah. the secret. So they're going to be buying their first income producing property. Mm-hmm. They're going to repeat the process a few times until they find a point in their life when they're going to be settling down. I'm, I have conversations with my kids. This is how crazy it is. I say, hey, look, kids. There's three new people coming into our family. Like, who are they? I remember the first time I had this conversation. Mm-hmm. Who are they? I said, they're your spouses. They're coming. Uh, yep. And they're coming and they can cause division between all three of you guys. What? Yes. That's true. You know, because we've seen it. You know, I, we've I seen see it. it too. What, see how how do we see it? We see it because we've dealt with those people through the WFG platform. Yeah. Not only that, I see it in my own family. Yeah. The division, the, the chaos, the mayhem. And, and I'm, I'm so... F- thinking about like how to prevent that chaos from coming into our family generational legacy trying to build do you think you can prevent it though yes the way i've done it the dynasty trust does it and then and this this podcast hopefully you know they get a chance to listen to it the instructions are there i, I think they will and they'll be like really yeah because this is what the, the younger generation loves yeah okay okay yeah but you know these i hope the three spouses that come into our family are collaborative and they work together because every business is a group of people that have come together and they collaborate they call it a corporation every family is the same way man you know you have a dysfunctional family you have a functional family and every family is a business you you, it's got to be successful otherwise it fails and then you have chaos and mayhem that's an important point and and so so the things that we have instructed the kids to do is personal development, personal growth. They have to take these courses when they get married or such. They have to take personal development courses and to make sure, make ensure that they stay married, ensure that they raise champion kids. This is this is all instructions within the trust and estate plan that we built. If they don't, they don't get have they don't have access. Would you be okay if your kids made a couple mistakes along the way? Absolutely. Okay. But there's 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 catastrophic mistakes they cannot make. Yeah. Let me give you those. You want to hear them? Sure, let's go. Number one catastrophic mistake is getting the wrong person pregnant. 
having a, ba- having a baby with the wrong person. My mother beat this into my head. She said, Isaac, if you don't learn anything from me, yeah. learn this. The most important decision you'll ever make in your life is the mate you choose. Absolutely. Because that'll affect your life for the rest of your life, good or bad, especially if you're being a child into this world. Absolutely. So 100%, I agree with you. What are yeah. the next ones? And then the other one is uh, don't hurt yourself. Okay. What, what I mean by that is like alcohol, drug abuse. Like addictions. Um, self-deprecation is also abuse. Yeah. When you talk shit to yourself all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then don't harm, don't harm others. What I mean by that, you could be drunk driving and then you could hit somebody and kill somebody. You've now harmed, harmed somebody else. You could be, um, you could be ripping somebody off. You know, ripping someone. You've definitely harmed them. You know, don't ever do. That's a catastrophic mistake. You can never recover from. Some things like that can cause you to go to prison or felony. You know, so whatever you do, you do the right way. You do it with with you know. Make sure you always uh, do the right thing for everybody around you. You know what I mean? And never harm anybody. Never harm yourself. Those are the three mistakes. You but everything else, man. You make your mistakes. It's okay. 100%. You know? So those are the things, man. So uh, what drives me like this, man? It's like, what do I care about? Which drives my beliefs, right? Which drive my thoughts, which drive my feelings, right. okay? And which my feelings then drive my actions. And then my actions drive my results in my life. So I think if everyone can get that concept down, what do you care about? Right. Write that down. You know, I, You know, if you write down what you care about, then you can also start to shape the way your beliefs form your morals your values your values and your morals basically absolutely and it starts with that and everything else stems from that absolutely you know people um need to understand that people don't follow you they follow your values they follow your gifts Mm -hmm. makes sense and so whenever you're talking to anybody you got to be talking about the values you got to be talking about you know your values are the gift within you right so my values are like make the world a better place if i can help anybody you know i'm over there you know talking to these guys at tesla and i said i gotta if i can make an impact on this person's life even if it's like one percent i've done my job man i've orientated this person and then they're going to start to take off make a positive impact in the world around i mean their marriages will probably stay better the the child that they raise will be loved and adored and poured into you know what i mean these little things matter to me these yeah. things I care about, you know, I care about, you know, children being uh, raised in a positive environment. I care about marriages staying intact. I, I care about like um, people and men, especially men having hopes and dreams, man, without, without a vision or a hope or a dream, no woman would be around you. Yeah. They'd, they'd monkey branch from you to the next dude that's got the baddest car or whatever, you yeah. know. And it's funny because a lot of the things that we learned in the last time that we've been is stuff that people do need, like mm-hmm. you said. Like I've, I mean, and it's not just stuff that comes from WFG. It's success principles, except WFG pounds it into pounds your it head into you every single day, yeah. over and over until it sticks. And then you're forced to read books that you would probably yeah. never read. You're forced yeah. to hang out with, you know, it's the uncomfortable places that you put into and the WFG platform that forces you to grow. It's like that uncomfortable that's that's what probably blows a lot of people out you know you know on the internet there's a lot of maggot brain trolls that talk do talk smack about this platform and when i and i want to listen to them i do want to throw up because it's just pure garbage but i always say this is like if you're listening to that and that's your listening that's what you're in tune with you definitely don't belong among us yeah there's there's never somebody that's doing worse than you that's hating on you 
Yeah, yeah. I've never met a successful person that hates. I haven't either. Like they're yeah. they're always like supportive and stuff like some, that. Some some uh, guy I did respect a great deal. He called uh, our company World Effing Group, you know. And I was like, dude, you're. An, I was like, man, I've lost total respect for you now. Yeah. I, at one point, I did have tremendous respect for him. Um, but I was like, you know, my livelihood and how I built my life and what I dream about, what I care about, everything I do. Not, not, I'm not saying it evolved from the company, but it's made a massive difference in my yeah. family's life. You know, are you freaking kid? It's made a huge difference in other people's lives too. Best version of yourself. But I'm just seeing the impact it's made on other people's lives, man. Yeah. And I just want to be able to like continue doing that more often. Yeah. You know, I do ask my kids to get into something. They have to get into something, right? And, um, you know, I said your character, who, what you, how you show up every day uh, is your character. Right. You got to do things that, you do even when people aren't watching and i said uh, end of the day you got to be something you got to make something happen in this world um and i've shown them all a variety of things that like, do something but you know we talk about real estate and uh you know i understand real estate the numbers i understand you know what's crazy is that when you look at real estate investing in itself and you took all the concepts and the things you have to do in real estate investing it's exactly what you have to do in WFT to become successful? Any, any type bird of dogging, yeah, bird dogging for properties. You got to you got to find the deal. You got to find the the prospect of a property. Yeah, but the only thing with real estate is that you have property problems and you have people problems. Right over here, overhead too. Exactly. And if you have if you have people problems, you just don't work with them anymore. Yeah, you're like yeah. ah, dude, you you're ha you know you're too much of a project. You know what I mean? Right. And you have that. But uh, you know, I wish. Um, if I can go back in time, I, you know, I really wish I had some associations at a young age that could have, you know, steered us in the right direction and kind of shaped our lives and would have been successful. But that wasn't the case. So I said, if it's if it's uh, if it didn't happen to me, it's up to me now to make sure the next generation has a better shot at life. Yeah. Well, you're still young. We're both still very young, and it's, it's it didn't happen back then, but it's it was meant to be like that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the last thing that I want to talk about between you and I, because you mentioned legacy a lot. And, uh, you know, that's very important to you to leave a legacy, to teach your kids about legacy. What does that mean to you? And how are you going to transfer that to your to the next generation? Everything we um, I want my family to be a, uh, a family that works together, okay. a unit. And that's right? powerful. I've, that's the first time I've heard that. Um, I want my family to. You know, there's going to be three separate branches of the company. Okay. Uh, of the family, you know, I call the it family a family corporation, right? Yeah, General Electric's that way. They make toasters all the way to jet engines, right? Right, right, right. Um, and they're diff different, but they're all branded as one. I say, okay, the F Baring family uh, legacy, I see past three generations. My uh, dynasty trust ends the day that the three children have their own trusts. Oh. Mine ends. Wow. Okay, so that way it doesn't stay in perpetuity, but it only ends when theirs begins. Um, that means they have to be responsible. Right. Makes sense. That forces them to, it's forcing them to shape their lives and construct it a certain way. Not just give them money. They have to do certain things. Exactly. Right. You know, yeah. the, the, the wealth that's in there, it belongs to the trust. And if they ever want to use it, just like the Rockefeller system, right. um, they can borrow from it. You know, but they have to pay it back. So they're self-banking. They're, no, they're not going to Bank of America, which is like the McDonald's of financial services, right? right. BVA, uh, you, know, you know, all these little uh, Wells Fargo, these banks that are huge, just like McDonald's is huge, but they're fast food restaurants basically to, to, and they're lending institutions. They want you in and out. Right. That's what banks do. 
And so the wealthy people have set it have set it up differently. They self-bank. And that whole concept is what we want to instruct our families to do, self-banking. Again, money's just a tool. That's all it is. But I want these kids, these young, I mean, these young adults, that, you know what's crazy is like I talk to my kids, I, you know, when they were little, they say, you're, you know what, you're a trainee adult. <laughs> and enjoy your childhood because you're going to be an adult longer than you're a kid, but you're a trainee adult. That's true. Right? And I said, there's a lot of adults out there that act like kids. And there's a lot of adults that are not responsible. And a lot of adults, they're grown ass people, but they're emotionally uh, not stable. Right. You know, and um, so they just got older. Exactly. So going to legacy is like, okay, we want to we want to have this instead of instructions of like emotional intelligence. hundred percent, yeah, man. Yeah. Emotional intelligence, like stable. Yeah. Nothing phases you, man. You're stable. You're not, you know, you're not losing it. I'm not saying we're, we're not perfect, man. That's for sure. But we actively work on developing our emotional intelligence, you know, and, and I want that to transfer from generation to generation. Uh, academia, yeah, of course, you know, you need that academics because society, um, I have this whole thing where I talk about, well, the degrees are like having a passport and the people that look at your passport are like the TSA of society. You know, you kind of need them, but you don't really need them. Right. You, know? you just need to get through security. And that's why, you know, you got to be an autodidact. So an autodidact means you're self-taught. Okay. Yeah, it means you're you're always reading, you're always constantly growing, yeah. you're personally developing. Formal education will give you a life, self-education mm -hmm. will give you a And fortune. you're not afraid of hard work, man. You're not afraid yeah. of hard work, you're not afraid of giving back. You're not, you know, I want them to uh, contribute to the world around them. At least three generations. That's my instructions. Yeah. That's what's in the trust. That's, you know, that's my, that's my message I want to broadcast going yeah. forward, you know. Well, you know what? I, I think you're on the right path. You know what I mean? Um, from where you came to where you are now is pretty amazing if you think about it. I don't think you give yourself enough credit, you know, because not many people have had to face that much adversity, that much identity uh, crises, basically, that much cultural differences, yeah. um, that many uh, starts and stops in business. And you're still here. You're building a good family. Your your morals and integrity is all in the right place. And with that, I have no doubt that you're going to continue to be successful and, and achieve what you want to do. Any last words for uh, for the, the people out there before we go? Um, I say when opportunity comes your way, you got to stop and look at that opportunity. Don't let your you know prior conditions and prior... Um, thinkings or experiences get in the way of analyzing an opportunity 100%. because opportunities only come maybe once or twice in somebody's life right and and if someone gives you an opportunity they're also listening to see if you're worth if you're because I, I listen to people and i listen to if they close themselves or if they walk that walk out on themselves and that's happened quite a few quite a lot it's like oh dang you know there's no way i'd want to work with that guy yeah you know what i mean but if you're like a person and say, okay, you know, you, you openly ask, hey, look, I, I like the opportunity you have to show me. Can you tell me what are the, the upsides, what are the downsides, and how, how, I, how, how can that really fit into me? What made you think about me when you presented that opportunity to me? What made, what made you think I could, I'd be a good fit? Ask those kind of questions. Don't blatantly blow it off. You right. know, that's so dumb. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and um, it, it may not be for you, but you may know somebody that could benefit from that opportunity. Right. Again, we're all in this world. We're all working together. Really, we are. We need each other big we're time. We're all connected. We're for all sure. connected for sure. And 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 if if I say I say I had the saying like money 
is a lubricant to life. Money is a lubrication <laughs> to life. Without it, it seizes. Yeah. Okay. It's rough. And if if it's it seizes wrong. for one person, then there's the, we start to seize it. It starts to seize for the rest of the economy. There's a problem. Yeah. Okay. Even if it's at, a, at your neighborly level or your family level, it affects everybody. Right. So we really got to look out for each other's welfare. Really do. Yeah. Really do. Uh, and when we look out for each other's welfare, our welfare is taken care of as well. Hundred. You know. So. Um, that's really kind of what I have to share. And that's, I think that's a value. hundred percent. Right? Okay. Agree. That's a value system. And, and you maintain your character no matter what, mm-hmm. no matter what comes at you, no matter what crap comes at you, you do not change your character to the lowest denominator. You, you keep doing what you're doing. You pick up the garbage when you see it in front of you. You keep going out there doing the tough work that needs to be done. No matter how many shit talkers out there in the world, the world is full of them, man. Mm-hmm. You know, they do nothings. They right. do nothings. They just take up space. Mm-hmm. But you, there needs to be more people that take up space in the world where they, where they, you know, where people say, oh my gosh, you know what? That guy's actually making things beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they want to say, I, I want to help you make that thing beautiful too. You know what I mean? It could be a beautiful marriage. You know, it could be a beautiful way of raising your family. It could be making the house beautiful. Anything, you know. Um, you know, there's a, there's a thing... Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know what I mean? There's that thing. Like everyone has a function in society. Whatever you do, be the badass at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's really what I, I, I really have to say. And and if you're not badass, just keep working at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. And the last thing, where can they find you? I know you're you're actually, uh, your company is looking for good people. Absolutely. Um, tell a little bit about that and where can they find you? Yeah, um, the best way to reach me would be through Facebook Messenger, Rav Deep Baring, and uh, my my name is uh, Lord of Light. That's what that that's what that really means. Rav Deep D E. Your name means Lord of Light. Lord of Light. Yeah, wow, that's pretty awesome. I didn't know that till yeah. later on, man. I was like, that's pretty. Cool. Name is powerful, yeah. and we'll actually leave it in the description too. So okay, cool, cool, wants cool. To find you. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you so much, Raf. I mean, it was a pleasure was awesome, having man. you. The beers were amazing. I know. The talk right? was amazing. You yeah. have an amazing story, by the way, and I, I never want you to forget that because sometimes in life, we can kind of forget mm. who we are, where we came from, and uh, you know, you're. Your name is powerful. It just it just tells you you're meant to do something big, right? I reckon so. Yeah. <laughs> so again, uh, yeah, it, it won't you. leave me, man. I mean, you wake up to it every day, and it doesn't shut down. Hundred so percent. That's crazy, man. It doesn't leave me. It's like okay, uh, I you know, what can I say, man? Yeah. Well, hundred percent, Rav. Again, pleasure to have you on the show. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Catch us on the next one, and as always follow your bliss thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast we hope you enjoyed it our goal as always is to become the number one podcast in the world and uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already make sure you share this with three of your friends and if you like our song our intro song please check out my good friend uh, maroni silva's band a dead desire on youtube that song is called the mantra thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you guys on the next one and as always follow your bliss